welcome listeners to this week's Sport of Business podcast. I'm Matt Scale, and I'm joined today by actually a repeat guest, sort of, Julie Weldon. Uh, so if you didn't catch her episode, it was episode 40. Uh, so go back, download, and listen to that. Uh, today's episode is going to be a little bit interesting, a different format than we've ever done before. But before we get into it, I do want to put back on your radar uh, the upcoming uh, Pursue Your Passion Business Seminar that we have coming up. That's going to be uh, April 9th and 10th. That's a Saturday and a Sunday at CrossFit Burke, um, just outside of D.C. So uh, if you're on the East Coast, or honestly, if you're not on the East Coast, fly out, come to us. It's going to be a great weekend. Julie, thanks for coming on again. Oh, my my pleasure. Thanks, Matt. So how was the experience last? Did you listen back to yourself on the podcast from last time? <laughs> Yes, I did, and I shouldn't have because <laughs> we are our own worst critic for sure. But it was fun to do and and share a couple insights. So hopefully, it was helpful to at least one or two people. And listening to your own voice is like, oh, that's the yes. worst thing that I could ever do, right? <laughs> it sure is. Yeah, I, I've tried to like anymore. I just anytime I make something, I just almost like close my eyes and throw it out there and just try not to even care you know yeah yeah you can't you can't care when you get too uh too when you bank too much on the positive or the negative it's it's pretty painful mm, mm-hmm. yes yep. um okay so one thing that we talk about a lot i mean not a lot for every one of our uh, business coaching clients or business foundations uh, folks we talk about your perfect day and um and Ju- julie explain a little bit why we talk about that perfect day with everybody first? Well, because I think that's the foundation of everything that you want to to accomplish, right? So your perfect day is going to look really different than my perfect day, um, than somebody else's down the street. And so it, it, what, we, what we can't do is compare ourselves to other people because we'll, it'll, we'll always fall short or we'll, we'll exceed what they're doing and then we'll rest on our laurels. And so I think there has you have to figure out what success looks like to you, um, and then once you figure that out, that becomes the foundation of everything that you do. Yeah, and and, and so in our sort of like discussions before we started here, uh, we kept coming. I mean, we like anytime we talk, we talk about entrepreneurship and business and and kind of the feelings associated with that. And we kept referencing, like, what does that mean to you? Like, what does your day look like? And, and things like that. And we, we thought it would be really interesting. And this is something that, uh, actually, when I first started with 321Go, uh, somebody asked me to talk about really bad things that have happened in, in my business. <laughs> and I always thought that was really strange. I, you know, I think when I first, like, in my first two or three episodes of the podcast, which, uh, listeners, if you want to hear somebody stumble through uh, acting like an idiot, <laughs> go listen to the, <laughs> go listen to the first two or three podcasts that I that I did. Um, but but somebody like sent me a Facebook message after those first couple, and it's like, Matt, that's that's really cool that you are talking about things that are going well, things that have worked well in your gym. But uh, I want to hear about some really crappy things that have happened to you because right now. I feel pretty crappy and I, I, I want to make sure that I'm not the only one. So as Julie and I were sort of brainstorming some interesting topics 
for today's show, this came up because this was a request I got, I mean, almost a year ago now. Um, but, but now just finally coming around to really bad parts of being an entrepreneur, which uh, I think if anybody would tell you that they're not a part of entrepreneurship, they would be lying. Um, so that being said, Julie, I'm going to turn this show over to you and uh, allow you to kind of pick things up from here. Awesome. Um, I am so excited about this podcast because I think it's real. I think that, um, I mean, I'm in entrepreneurial entrepreneurialism, um, and so I live it, breathe it every day, and it is the most terrifying and the most rewarding thing that I've ever done. Um, but the terrifying parts, you feel like I'm the only one that's terrified. Everybody else, you you know, you listen to podcasts of people and you think that they're wildly successful and they just have gotten success. Um, but what you don't get to see is the behind the scenes, all of the stuff that goes into becoming successful. Um, and so this topic is so exciting to me because I think misery loves company. <laughs> so I think it's helpful and hopefully it will be helpful to the listeners to know that they're not alone and that life sometimes is super hard. And so we can talk about those things, but then we can say, so what, you know? So Matt, I would, um, I would love to know, um, tell us about your, one of your worst days. Mm. Um, instead of perfect day, go to the other end of the extreme and tell us about one of your worst days. Absolutely. So, um, I think, I think like most gym owners, I had a full-time job while opening the gym and that, Gosh, I mean, if, if the gym owners out there that have done this, you they understand that the schedule is insane. So you, you're like you're waking up at like four thirty in the morning, and you're coaching your morning classes, and then going to your day job, you know, coaching probably your lunchtime class, going back to your day job, you know, getting off work, and then doing the whole thing over again that night, and then kind of waking up and repeating that cycle and. But uh, during this stage of the business, there's so much energy. Like the, your adrenaline and energy is almost endless mm -hmm. that you can maintain the schedule for a little bit. So uh, it came to the point where the gym was uh, financially successful enough. We had the cash flow for me to quit this job and, and go full time. And so I, I quit my job, lost my benefits uh, started paying myself a super low salary uh, to, to manage the gym full time. And those cash flows that were there started to not be there. Um, the, uh, you know, the balance sheet was, was slipping. Uh, revenues dropped, I think, in one month, probably close to 25%. Wow. Um, and so... There was just this time, uh, you know. No, what was can I can I interrupt you? What was that? What was that drop from? Uh, now I know it as the it's a just a seasonal drop. Uh, you know, okay. it's you know it's attributed to, you know, we always talk about like Dunbar's number a, a little bit, like you know the amount of meaningful relationships that you can sustain, and mm -hmm. and and typically like when membership gets way north of that number. Uh, the product kind of becomes different, uh, hmm. you know what I mean, and yeah. and and so now I, you know, it, it, it's just because I didn't understand the equilibrium of the gym. I didn't know what services to provide. <laughs> I didn't know, you know, 
I, it was just a time in the gym where it's like, well, business works like this. You drop your prices low and you get membership high. That's supply mm-hmm. and demand. And I, I could not have been more wrong. Uh, so there's this 25% drop in revenue over about eight weeks. And I was like, oh, shit. That's, oh, my goodness. That's the money that I was paying myself. We're breaking even, if not losing money month over month. And so there was this day, I, I have this like hammock that I used to have set up in the gym on these long days where I'd take a nap. <laughs> and there was this time where I, I got my MacBook and I went back into this hammock and I laid there. I shut off all the lights in the gym and I'm sitting there with my laptop in, in this hammock and I'm just like searching Things like what to do when your business is failing. Uh, (laughs) How do you get more members in the door? Uh, Does owning a business suck this bad? Like, am I a failure? And and I just like got into this like dark hole of Googling uh, pointless things. And this just kind of spiraled out of control. And I, and I finally just like uh, turned my laptop off and I sat there. So here's the thing. We're laughing about this. But we're laughing because we both know the feeling mm-hmm. and it's a scary, scary feeling. So we're laughing because it's, you're not there today. Um, but it, it's, I mean, it's all too familiar, I think, is, <laughs> is sort of that nervous laughter of, oh man, this was way too real. <laughs> I know. And like, even thinking about it now, like, I think back on that day now and I'm just like, I feel it down in my gut a little mm-hmm. bit. And, uh, so I remember shutting the laptop and I sat down on the floor and I just was like, and I, and I was like, my back was up against a, a bench and, and I just was like, Oh F like, what did I do? Like I'm completely screwed. Uh, I, I had an email pulled up to my old boss that I had just kind of like pretty much screwed over about eight weeks prior. And I had an email up and I was like, uh, can I have my job back? Um, didn't send that email and um and uh yeah i still have that (laughs) i still have that email saved in my uh drafts and uh and i always come back to that and Mm. you know i have actually two emails like that one from a a job offer from somebody else that i turned down to to run the gym full-time and then uh, another email draft to my old boss and so they're both sitting in my draft emails uh and i keep them there and i always come back to them as just kind of like a, it gets better kind of experience, you know? Wow, man, that's incredible. (laughs) So did you, do you feel like you, when you were going to make that shift, do you feel like you had the experience, the business experience that you needed to run a business? I, so I had, I've owned and ran several businesses leading up to the gym. Um, Never before had the risk been as high as it was with the gym. Uh, I, I had always like had a job and had a side business or, you know, I'd started several businesses when I was in college, which, you know, like at the end of the day, I always had like a dorm room to go back to. Like I would always have food and, uh, you know, I would always have food and shelter at the end of all of these things. Hmm. So while I, I understood what it took to run a business, I was, 
uh, I, I had not experienced that emotional aspect of entrepreneurship up until this point to where it's like, it's all on the line, like my mortgage, my family, like this is all on the line now. And uh, that was a much different experience that I was absolutely not prepared for when I got into it. Mm. So talk about those feelings a little bit. Do you remember that day? Like what was going on inside of you? Oh, oh, everything. Like every feeling I've ever had was, <laughs> really? was going on wow. on that day. You know, it was, um, yeah. you know, uh, it, it, it's, uh, it's fear. I mean, it's like fear and excitement. And I think that's what drives mm-hmm. a lot of entrepreneurs. I think, you know, I think that as an entrepreneur, when your back is against the wall and you need to figure something out, that's probably when most of us are in a flow state. Um, but for me, the the feelings on this day, it was just a ton of self-doubt. Mm. Like, I can't do this. I'm not cut out for it. Um, you know, then you start comparing yourself to other gym owners. And like, man, like Facebook and Instagram and like getting on and like seeing how, what other people's gyms are doing and comparing yourself to that can be insanely detrimental. Yeah, uh, And I'll admit it. I mean, that's still something I do today. Like, and that's like, I have to make a conscious effort to not, you know, not, uh, get into that social media swirl of bull crap that, that, that can be, but I, you know, overall, I would say that feeling was just primarily of, of self-doubt. So how long do you, um, how long did that last? Do you, do you remember? I mean, how long did it last and what, what pulled you out of it? So this was uh this day was a Thursday and um I typically I've always w- like worked a half day at the gym on Thursdays to kind of take the afternoon off. Um so I I remember like going home and I grabbed my dog and we went on like a 3-hour walk. And we were just like kind of walking around and I was thinking and um your dog was probably like great. Oh yeah. She <laughs> <laughs> I, I we have the laziest dog in all of America. So, I mean, she did like we walked for like ten minutes and she was over it. Um, but uh, so we went on this long walk and we kind of went down by uh, you know down to this park and I sat there and I was like and I really kind of just was I was like when is this going to change? Like this has to change. When will it change? So I took the weekend and I just kind of didn't work at all. I, I talked with my wife a lot and. Um, and then so through that weekend, Monday, I I woke up and I was like, all right, this is this is the day. Like we have to march forward. I can't turn back. I'm not going to ask for my job back. I'm not going to go pursue this other job offer. Like I'm I want to move forward. And, and so I, it lasted that weekend. It was a, it was a rough weekend to say the least. But um, but on Monday it was I was ready to go. So um, what is required to give you the confidence to burn the ships? <laughs> um, oh, gosh. I, uh, for me, uh, it was just like I've, I, I love the feeling of knowing that like really uh, like potential is limitless. You know, mm. you know, I, you know, I always – there's this really interesting. I had this really interesting experience. I was offered uh, a, a very lucrative job opportunity 
to bring uh, medical tourism to East Asia. Hmm. I mean, it would have been a massive opportunity with a great salary. And I'll never forget, I did a Skype interview just like this. This is why this reminds me of this. Is I did a <laughs> Skype interview in a like coffee shop in in this uh, in this grocery store, this top area of the grocery store. And I was like, I was literally 50-50 during this interview. And I was like, do I want to, you know, open my gym? Do I want to go full-time at my gym or do I want to take this job opportunity? And I'm sitting here in the interview and I, I, I knew that I wanted to do the gym full-time, uh, like halfway through the interview and talking with this lady. Hmm. And she offered me the job and I was, and I said, uh, do you know what? I, I need to respectfully decline this, this job offer in the middle of this interview. <laughs> and she called me some very choice words. And, um, and she essentially said um, that I was leaving, I was leaving six figures on the table, that I was an idiot, that this is the opportunity of a lifetime. And, and I told her that I would, uh, I would be much happier signing my own paychecks. Um, at half of what you're offering me and and that was it like that was that was it for me uh and and so yeah that was the opportunity the, the sort of the limitless opportunity of being an entrepreneur was what i mean that was really what kind of pushed me through that so um i just i just listened to another podcast and they talked about one of the key things of a champion is that you believe in yourself um, that in order, to, in order for you to move forward, you have to believe that you have the capabilities needed to move forward. Mm-hmm. And so it sounds just like what you're saying, where you just say you have to get to the point where um, you know you can do it. And it's going to be hard. And you're, but, you know, what we talked about before we got on this call, it's, it's about discipline, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So talk a little bit about kind of discipline and sort of how that comes into the picture of pulling you out of those worst days. Uh, I'm like, I'm really big into habit. Uh, it's, you know, I'm like a, you know, make your bed. You know, if you don't do it, you know, I, I'm like a big, like I make my bed in the morning. Cause if I screw up the rest of the day, at least I've done one thing at the very <laughs> beginning. Like me too. That's funny. So, <laughs> I, so that's, I just try to like, create structure and habit around things that um, are successful. Uh, you know, I, I mean, say what you want, but I'm a huge believer in like, just fake it till you make it. Act like you're mm-hmm. successful. Um, act like you know what you're doing. And along the way, you'll figure it out. Um, but you, you'll never figure it out if you don't put yourself in a situation where you need to. Yeah. And, um, you know, and these are kind of lessons I learned, you know, I, I did a lot of like, um, high adventure traveling, uh, for a long time and kind of would go to a lot of different countries and put myself in pretty dangerous situations, uh, in hindsight, but it was a good exercise to me to be like, all right, drop yourself in this situation and figure it out. And that's Mm. a good, and like, the more things like that you do, I think the more that it begets more success. And that can be true of like, I mean, if you, if you don't enjoy cooking, I mean, we, you told me about your awesome omelet that you ate for breakfast. Like, you know, if you, if you don't enjoy cooking or you don't know how to cook, put yourself in a situation where you're forced to cook Hmm. and you'll figure it out. But if you're, 
you know, if you don't give yourself the opportunity to risk something, you'll never need to figure it out or you'll never have the opportunity to be successful without that level of risk. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think that there's kind of bringing it, <clears throat> bringing it back to gym owners. I think that there's, there's a big number of them out there that can probably relate, um, very much to your story, um, and very much to your worst day. And I mean, even just a bunch that we've been talking to recently are living in that worst day right now. So, Knowing that, what what would you say to them? I mean, how um, it's scary, it's lonely, it's and you know it's interesting because this feels a little bit more like a quote unquote soft podcast. So it's not hard numbers. It's not let's talk about processes. Let's talk about retention. Let's you know it's not those things. It's more of the soft stuff of being an entrepreneur. Um, but it's those things that really all of us experience. I mean, in our core, it really is about um, confidence and belief and can we really do this? And so what would you say to those gym owners who um, are right exactly where you are? Yeah, I would say, so every gym owner probably has a whiteboard in your gym. And, and this is what I did. Like that Monday, uh, I, I went on to this whiteboard and I was just like, I'm going to put down what's important to me. Uh, and you know, and this was a time at my gym, like, I mean, I was getting pushed around by the members of the gym. Like I was being taken advantage of in a lot of different ways. Uh, there were kind of meatheads running amok and I felt completely out of control of, of my gym. And I just was like, I was harboring resentment over members Mm -hmm. that I had and like, it, it was just a bad place. And so it was because of this general headspace of the gym itself and of the culture uh, that, I mean, bringing it back, shameless plug for episode 40, building an <laughs> irresistible culture. Um, uh, it, it, it was this just like nasty culture that started inside of me that was like permeating the entire gym. So that, that Monday I got out a dry erase marker, went to the whiteboard and I was just like, what is important to me? Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, what what do I want for my athletes? And and I just wrote down, like, I at the end of the day, if somebody leaves my gym, I want them to, like, live in their home for as long as possible. That's it. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? I don't want people to go to regionals. I don't care if they win competitions. Like, at the end of the day, I want somebody to, like, not go into a nursing home. And that was like my goal. And I was like, this is what's important to me. If nothing else happens, I want people to have, uh, to add life to their years, no matter how many more years they have left. And this is what I want people to have out of my gym. And just writing that down and realizing that anything that doesn't sort of fall into this silo of importance can do away with it. Like strip it all away. Like, so then things like, what supplements do I carry? What, you know, how many t-shirts do I need to offer? What sizes do I need to order? Should I do some kind of competition? What's my next event? Like those kinds of things, those decisions became instantaneously easier because Hmm. I just put into words what is most important to me. Hmm. Uh, And that was so powerful. Like that, because then it's like, you know, somebody, if, 
you know, then you have a member that's a headache and they're complaining to you about something. And then you can say, okay, well, cool, uh, Julie, I appreciate it, but these are my values. If these values don't align with you, there's 50 other gyms in our metro area that would be more than happy that, you know, I would encourage you to go try them out and see if your values align with theirs. Mm. And that was a complete sea change for me. So I think it's, so would you say that in a a lot of gym owners think they need to get um, all the right things in place, like the right equipment, the right, um, you know, offerings, the right, all of those things, which are all good and true and right and necessary. But prior to that, or in parallel with that, they have to get the foundational things. So what are your values? What's your purpose purpose statement? What are you going to be about? So when a coach comes in and um, they're doing something that doesn't align with your values, it's an easy decision to let them go. Not easy decision, but it's they don't fit with our culture. And so we're growing a culture and healthy things grow, right? Mm. So I think what's really important to, to remember is while – a good-looking gym is important. What also is important are the pillars that hold up that gym, right? And so mm-hmm. included in that are exactly what you talked about. So values, a purpose, a culture, which all those things are intertwined. Um, your member personas, right? Building out member personas, right? You want to talk about that a minute? Oh, 100%. I think that, I, you know, I did, I did this, you know, in addition to like writing down these these values, what is exactly important to me? I just wrote down the names of people, you know, because it, it, there was this time in the gym where it's like there were certainly members that I, I resented. It, it was it was this weird thing um, that, you know, I made a mistake that a lot of gym or early gym owners made when they do like a founder's club or trying to get more members where I just discounted my rates to an insane degree. And I discounted them so much that when I actually like did a cash flow calculation and figured out what my expenses actually looked like, I'm like, I'm losing money on all these memberships. I'm losing money month over month on these memberships. And it led me to like almost like resent those people like Mm. for not being appreciative of getting a membership that was below cost. Mm. And like just a nasty nasty headspace um for me to be in and so then and then what i did is i was like all right who do i love that it's here who comes here to work out that like i see them and it turns my day around and i wrote their name up on this whiteboard and Hmm. you know and their name goes on the whiteboard and i was like all right well who else is like them all right so then let's just create these categories you know what i mean like um you know, we've got, you know, and so I just like, and then I just sort of created these categories based on people's names. And then this sort of evolved into my member persona. So like, how do all of these names fit into this core value? Mm. And, and that's an exercise that, I mean, like, if I would have done that exercise on day one of opening the gym, like, I can't even imagine what things would look like today with that compounding effect of that exercise would do. But um, that for me was the most important thing ever. Because now if like 
somebody comes in the door. I, I do this all the time. Like I'm straight up with new people coming in the door and I'm like, listen, this is what we're about. If that's not what you're about, there's plenty of options mm. or with existing members, guys, this is what we're about. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's weird. Yeah. Like nobody, you know, nobody goes to Starbucks expecting oysters because Starbucks has made it clear what they offer and what you can yeah. get there. Is it the best cup of coffee in the town ta- in town? No, but it's consistent town by mm-hmm. town by town. And that's what they're all about. And, yep. and I think for me defining this is exactly what we're about. This is exactly what you can get here. And then everything out here, don't worry about it. You, oh my gosh, that's so important. Um, and I've just, I've been experiencing that recently where I'm reading a bunch of different content online just to grow my own knowledge. And I've stumbled across a couple of authors, a couple of people who do videos and that sort of thing. And who they are is they use curse words all the time. Like Mm -hmm. it's no, you know, they can just say whatever they want, whenever they want, and there's no filter. Mm -hmm. Um, That's their brand. And so that's okay. I totally respect them. But for me, that's not who I am. And so I can immediately, because they've defined themselves, not that I can't learn from them. I definitely can. But that's not who I am. And so I'm not going to connect with their brand. And so it's an easy, like, they don't have to try to convince me. I, as the consumer, because they've defined themselves, I automatically can go, yeah, that's not for me. Or, wow, their style is exactly who I am. And so it, it almost like when you define who you are and are confident in that, you vet out the ones who are either a lot like you or not like you at all. And, and what I love about that, Julie, is that there's no wrong answer to that. Exactly. Really, like I, I say this to gym owners all the time. Like, do you know what? M- most gyms probably need 50 or 60 members to break even. Let's just, let's use that number. Um, 50 or 60 people is such a small percentage of where you live. And, mm-hmm. and I mean, you could have a gym, you could open a gym and I could call it Matt's douchebag meathead, like gym. Let's just call it the douchebag meathead gym. <laughs> I promise you there are enough douchebag meatheads that will fill your gym and you'll be yep. super profitable because everybody will know exactly what you do and exactly what you don't. And you'll connect with them, you know, because if you're a douchebag meathead, you're going to connect right along with them. And I'm, that's great. I'm going to write that down. Coming, coming 2017 to Kansas City. Um, <laughs> 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 uh, but yeah, and that's, that's the really freeing thing for the entrepreneur. It does like your brand can be whatever you want it to be, but it's got to be clear and super consistent. That's awesome. Um, well, I know we're, we're probably winding up on time, but I would love to ask you one final question. Please. Um, what's the, what's the, the book or the person that has had the most influence on you recently? Oh, gosh, that's a great question. Um, book for sure would be, uh, the obstacle is the way by Ryan holiday. Ooh, yes. Yes. That was a good, good one. Um, so that is, um, so the book itself is sort of a practical application of stoic philosophy. So I actually in school, my undergraduate degree 
is in political philosophy. So uh, I'm obviously raking in the dough off of that bachelor's <laughs> degree. So glad I got it. Um, no, uh, all kidding aside. But uh, so it, I kind of picked it up as like an interesting, like, oh, I'd like to revisit some of this thought with this insane election year that we're having right now. Uh, I was like, ah, I just like to kind of read something on that. Uh, the, however, uh, the book was more about like just day-to-day life and how you can apply the philosophy of the Stoics to how, how you live, like how you interact with people. And, and I think for the CrossFit gyms out there, I think a lot of people will really relate to this book philosophically Mm. because I think that's kind of how we have always approached our training and, um, and our fitness. So I would say that, and as far as a person, generally speaking, uh, just any kind of mentor that I've ever had. I've had a, I've had a mentor since I was 15 years old. Um, they've been different mentors in different places that I've lived. And uh, I think that finding somebody like that, either officially or unofficially, has always been uh, extremely impactful for me. And it doesn't have to be business. I mean, I always try to find like family mentors also, like somebody that's got like a family or personal life that I would like to emulate. Uh, you know, it, it the, the power of that can't be overstated. Mm-hmm. I agree. I love it. Both of those. I love both of those. So if you were to say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go out of my own thing and say one more question. If you were to tell a gym owner who's related to what you've said, if you were to tell them one piece of actionable advice, what would it be? Oh, get on that whiteboard. Um, yeah. Beyond a shadow of doubt, put like, put, put words to what's in your head. You know what I mean? Like if Mm. you're feeling, if you're feeling terrible, like if your gym is not going well, if it's not where you want it to be, uh, you know, circling back around to the obstacle is the way like, it's going to hurt, but accept that the reason it's not going the way you want is because of you first. Mm. Look inside you and then uh, take those good parts of you, those those strong values that you have, put that down, uh, and, then, and, then, uh, and then kind of those feelings won't have power over you anymore. Once you put them down and then you've got the, your core value on paper, on your whiteboard, step forward. Every day, one step forward in that direction uh, towards those important things. And you will most certainly piss people off as a result of doing this because it means that people will have to either be on the bus or off the bus. You know, Mm. this is your members, your coaches. As soon as you define what's important to you and and your makeup, you will piss people off and be ready for it. But it's freeing. Mm. At the end of the day, it's super freeing because you're allowed to let people know exactly what you're about. Matt, I love it. I love it. I have admired you since I met you, honestly. I think you've impacted so many gym owners, um, in, um, but also so many people. And like you said, it's clear, it's so clear that your purpose is to um, add, um, add value to people's lives. I mean, that's what you do day in and day out. So it's really, really um, an honor, actually, for me to be on this side of the mic and sort of steal the mic from you and interview you and let people get to know you because I think, man, you're a treasure. Well, I, I'm blushing. I'm glad this isn't a video because I... <laughs> <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> All right, Julie, thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs>